Did you know that it's possible to raise your littles to want to listen to you without the use of consequences, rewards, and bribes? Hi, I'm Kaylee Zeyer, and this is the Chaos to Connected podcast, where we discuss simple yet effective parenting strategies to manage those pesky behaviors we go to bed at night hoping will be gone tomorrow. We're going to stand up to societal norms of disconnection, shaming, and punishments so we can take a deeper look into our child's heart. It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Hey there, and thank you so much for joining me today on the Chaos to Connected podcast. Whether this is your 100th episode, or your first, or somewhere in between, I'm so grateful that you are here. And if you've listened before or after you listen, if you enjoyed what you heard and feel like it was helpful, I would be so grateful or so thankful um, if you would just take 30 seconds and go leave a review. Um, Just go to the Apple Podcasts app, scroll down to the bottom of the show, and it's right there. I had no idea how easy it was, um, but it does make all the difference. So I would be so appreciative if you would be willing to do that or um, share it to your stories or with a friend that you think um, could benefit. But today, we are talking about apologizing. Um, And before I get into it, I just want to give the caveat that I think that with parenting, with anything really, we should be seekers of information, but we should also be praying for discernment and wisdom in what to do with that information. And I think sometimes you know, when we're following somebody or some type of method or something, we can kind of cling to everything and think that's just kind of what we have to do. And this is an area that I have kind of struggled with and prayed a lot about and just trying to figure out how do I want to go about this? Because I want my kids to learn to apologize. I think it's really important and I think it can be really hard. And so if you are familiar, if you know much about like connection focused or like the gentle parenting realm, generally it's recommended that apologizing is not to be forced or like expected of a child because really the goal is that the child has the empathy and is choosing to apologize. Now, since I did training in this style of parenting and a lot of things have been super transformative and I believe that it's so necessary for all parents to know some of these things. I um, was doing it, so I was focusing on modeling, not making them apologize, but really modeling. Like if I did something or lost my lost my cool, I would apologize. And I just honestly never really saw much change in my kids. Um, and. I'm pretty quick to apologize. I mean, granted, I'm I'm also pretty calm usually. I mean, I've worked really hard on managing my triggers and kind of going through and just honestly practicing what I preach every single day. And so I guess it doesn't maybe happen as often as it might for some people, but I feel like I was doing it enough that if they were going to catch on, they would have, you know? Um And they just really weren't. I mean, maybe here or there, like if they were both in 
like a great mood and then it was just like an accident a sorry might come out but nothing really not not fruitful like I was hoping and if you haven't listened to the podcast before or follow me on Instagram you may or may not know you probably don't know but I am a Christian and so I always have kind of battled with the realization that I think it is really important that we acknowledge when we are doing something wrong and we seek forgiveness for it and we kind of turn from our fleshly ways and desires and kind of seek to move more towards the spirit. And so I have not found anywhere in the Bible that it says to wait until you're ready to apologize. Um, Wait till you're no longer frustrated. Wait till you know, that person does the right thing. And, um, it just says to repent. And so even if you aren't a Christian or you just feel like maybe you, you kind of are, you grew up in the church, but you're not really, you know, kind of fully engaged or maybe more of in the place that I feel like I kind of am. I want you to think about how often have you done something that you weren't fully feeling but you did it anyways because you knew it was the right thing. So just a few examples, you know, like you don't really feel like exercising, but you know that afterwards you're going to feel better. You are going to be moving towards your goals. You'll be able to maybe chase after your kids a little bit easier, whatever that might be for your exercising, maybe eating healthier, like How many of you like me want to just like, you know, reach for the Oreos, but instead you're like, "Hmm, I'll have some fruit instead. Also really sweet, but much more nutrient dense. And knowing afterwards, my body is going to have more energy. I'm going to feel less tired. I'm not going to have the crash. Even in motherhood, like, haven't you ever done something that you weren't like, I really want to do this, but you did it anyways, because you knew that it would bear fruit, that it would benefit either your child or your family in some way, that is the same thing I think about when I think about apologizing. There are lots of times when I didn't feel like it. There's lots of times we don't feel like doing something, but that doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do. And so often we lead with our feelings. Now, I'm not saying don't have feelings because obviously I think that's super important, but sometimes we're basing all of our decisions off of how we feel versus what is actually the right thing here. And that's really what I want my kids to learn is that, you know, for example, this isn't quite the same, but this just happened this morning. My oldest, we started doing chores. Like we have certain things, but not really specific chores that we've done consistently. And now that we're at home, I'm like, we need to start doing some type of chore. And so... (laughs) One of his is, so we generally eat at our counter and he's just a mover. He doesn't really sit in one position. He's like the kid that's sprawled, (laughs) the chair is stretched back and you're kind of like, how are you not falling off the chair? So anyways, as he's eating, oftentimes lots of crumbs happen to fall on the floor. And so it's like, this is going to be a great chore for you because you will recognize I like I am literally vacuuming three times a day after every meal because there's so many crumbs on the floor and I thought this would be a good way for him to understand lean over the counter (laughs) and today I told him we had to do the chore before we went and played outside 
And he was just going on and on and on and on and on about how it was so terrible and so terrible. And um, I don't generally like to give out a lot of consequences because I really believe in natural consequences and um, just trying not, because I think sometimes when we go down the, the hill, I don't know, of consequences, it just becomes so easy. Everything becomes a consequence. And I just don't, I don't want to parent from that place. And so, but in this particular instance, I said, you know, you have the option to change your heart attitude and stop saying it's terrible, even if you feel like it's terrible. Otherwise, I'm going to give you another space to vacuum. And he just continued to say, this is so terrible. And so I said, okay, you're going to have to vacuum this other room. And it was this whole big, you know, whole big thing. He got really upset. He didn't want to do it. And so I think that this was a really good example for me to teach him that we can have the feelings of like, this feels really terrible. I really don't want to do this, but we also need to recognize what is right here. And, you know, in this case, like we need to be a good steward of our home and what God has given us and be thankful for what we have and partake in, you know, in the family dynamics and helping our household run smoothly. And so, um, it's just really in my mind, not about focusing on the motivation or the feeling that changes our patterns and habits. It's doing it over and over and over again. And so with that said, I think that the act for me of requiring my kids to apologize has really taught them to do it based on the acknowledgement that they didn't make the best choice, not how they're feeling. Because just because we feel a certain way doesn't mean that we weren't in the wrong, right? You know, I think we can all attest to that. Like there are lots of times that we don't want to maybe acknowledge that we did something wrong or we don't want to acknowledge to somebody else. Um, And I just really think that's something that I want to try to help my kids weed out early on because I feel like, I don't know how it was for you, but I feel like it was really hard for me to apologize. (laughs) Like I just remember times maybe more so like early on in marriage where I felt like I should apologize or even not in just not even a marriage, but in general, like, and I can remember feeling like I know I need to apologize or say, I'm sorry, but it almost felt like my mouth, my mouth was like tape shut. Like I just couldn't get it out. And it was such a struggle. And I feel like this is another area that will help them to recognize like apologizing is like saying please and thank you. Like, it's just something that we need to do when we acknowledge our attitude, our actions, something didn't go quite right. Um, and it's time to repent for that and seek forgiveness and make sure the other person knows that we recognize we didn't quite do the right thing and we're trying our best. We have feelings and sometimes lack of self-control, but we're aware and just working on that awareness. And honestly, I have seen so, so, so much more fruit. It's very interesting because with the whole thought of our kids have to have empathy to apologize, I don't think we need the empathy because again, that's the feeling that's, that's focusing on our feelings 
versus recognizing how our actions are impacting others. And that's really my goal is to take the focus off of self. And I mean, especially as kids, this is takes practice. This takes a lot of work, right? They're in the phase of it's about me, but really helping shift that to it's about other people too. And not just how we're feeling and how we're consumed. It's about what our actions are creating for others around us. And, um, I also just think of like practice makes progress. I don't want my kids to get to adulthood and struggle to apologize for something that they know is wrong. Like, like I was saying how I just felt like my mouth could not form the words and it took me practice and just like forcing myself to do it. Um, I want that to come sooner for them. I want them to be acknowledging that much sooner. And so, um, again, like I mentioned at the beginning, I don't want you to just take everything I said and be like, I have to do it this way. I just want to share another perspective because I've been in the place where, you know, my, my education says, and my training says, don't force apologies, but my, you know, spirituality and my faith says it's important to apologize. And so like, what does that mean here? You know, where should I go with this? And so I want you to kind of take time to reflect on, you know, how you feel about it and come to a decision that feels right for you. Maybe that's what I'm sharing. Maybe that's not, and that's okay. Um, so just quickly before we wrap up, I wanted to share how I actually require them or how we require them to apologize. So, so often, especially as kids, you know, you might say, okay, you need to apologize. And they're just like, sorry, (laughs) you know, and it's like, okay. So step one is we need to apologize, but we also need to be, you know, positioning our heart attitude when we're apologizing in the right way. Like that's not really an apology, you know, that's, that's not, that doesn't work here. And so my two kind of requirements are there has to be self-control. So there's no like whining, crying with the apology. If they cannot do it immediately, that's okay. Um, if they need to take some time to get their feelings out and calm down a little bit, that's fine. Often it's, pretty immediate. I'm like, no, you, you can't whine with your apology. You just say it like this. And I show them, you know, verbally how to make it sound. And if they can't do it, it's okay. Um, I just say, well, when you're able to, you need to say it like this and just giving them awareness of how and training. Like, I think something that's really important in anything that you are doing with your kids, anything, any boundaries that you set, any requirements that you have is recognizing that you can't just tell them once. You can't just tell them five times and probably not even 50 times. Like this is something that you have to train and train and train and train and train. And I know that can get to be so frustrating, but I think sometimes our society um, creates this lack of awareness of, you know, like it's it's just like motherhood is so hard and like our kids should just listen immediately and I think we have to have more of an eternal perspective like we aren't just parenting for today we're parenting for 
are kids who are going to become adults and they're not going to turn into adults by teaching them one time or five times. Like think of how many times it takes you to learn something (laughs) and how many repetitions. And, um, I even think in like a faith walk, like, are you being obedient immediately when God is calling you to something? No, (laughs) probably not every time, you know? And so it's just recognizing that our kids are just little versions of us, but really preparing ourselves for the fact that this might be a repeated teaching training session, but that they will get there and they'll be sometimes that they do it. And sometimes that you have to train them again. And I know that can be really frustrating and really hard, but really recognizing how old your child is and how long (laughs) they've been on this planet and how much their awareness is and how much it's on their self and just kind of all that wrapped it up into one. So they must be self-controlled. And then the other thing is I require them to say what they're sorry for. I heard this on another podcast once um, from a mom who she's a Christian as well. She homeschooled. She has a lot of kids and it just made so much sense to me. Like sometimes, especially if you're requiring a kid to apologize, they maybe, if they're really dysregulated, don't recognize what they need to apologize for. And so really just bringing awareness to not only that I maybe didn't do something here that, or I did something here that was hurtful or harmful or that I shouldn't have done, but also recognizing what that thing was. And I would say a lot of times my kids know what they did, but there are times when like Huxton, my three-year-old will be like, I'm sorry for kicking you. (laughs) It's like, well, you didn't actually kick. You were, (laughs) you were pinching, you know? So it's like, um, just really helping them to be aware of what actions they're taking. And so it looks like I'm sorry for whatever it was. Um, and so I hope that's helpful for you. I hope that maybe gives you another perspective. And again, just something to consider as you're going about your day to day life and just, um, kind of experimenting and trialing what feels good to you. Um, I have just seen so much fruit in requiring it. I wasn't sure how it would go because I've always had the thought, you know, kind of like repeated in my mind, like, they need to have empathy. They need to choose. But really, I have seen much more improvement, much quicker, even without my prompting now, to actually apologize without me saying anything um, because their awareness is increasing, because they're recognizing, oh, I hurt that person, um, and just more attention off of themselves and um, their environment and the people around them. So um, I hope that can be helpful for you. If you have any perspectives you want to share or any thoughts, I would love to hear them. If you have any podcast ideas, any feedback, I would absolutely love if you would be willing to shoot me a message over on Instagram or send me an email. I really want this podcast to be fruitful for you in your life and to help you where you need it. And it's most helpful for me if I can hear directly from you what you're struggling with so I can put out content that can be helpful for you. Um, If you are really struggling and you want to get started with some help with your child's behaviors, or maybe it's managing your own triggers, because honestly, I think that's more important 
than learning how to manage your kid's behavior. Because when we can't manage our own triggers, there's no way we can manage our kid's behavior. And so if you're struggling with that, I do have a three-month like all-inclusive package. But I also want to make you aware that I did recently create a 30-day behavior buster, as I like to call it. There's uh, an intensive just like call at the beginning so that I can really get some background information, your challenges and all of that. And um, then I will give you strategy. But from there, then you have 30 days of Voxer access. So if you don't know what that is, it's just like a walkie-talkie app. So I can really be in the trenches with you. Um, Families have used this for say there's a situation in the morning, they send me a message saying, this is what just happened. This is kind of my response. Um, And then I can provide direct, nearly immediate support for what to do next time. Because like I've mentioned before, (laughs) even if you feel like, oh, I didn't do the right thing. Oh, I didn't stay calm. It's like the behavior is going to come around again and again and again. So you have plenty of time to practice. You have plenty of time to change. And this just gives me the opportunity to provide that direct feedback. So the next time it happens, you can try it and we can keep kind of progressing from there. It's also super helpful because I can hear, you know, maybe patterning that you have or um, just little, maybe things that seem nuancey to other people, but I can just really pull out from what you're saying and say, oh, how about we tweak this? Or what about this perspective? And it's just been really, really fruitful. And so um, if that's something that you're interested in, it's really helpful for time because we have the one call, but that's really just so I can get a really well-rounded amount of information and get you started. And then Voxer is just whenever you need it, how, however often you need it, at your own time. So if you're working, you can Voxer me whenever you have the opportunity or whenever you're feeling like it versus trying to schedule in all these calls. So if that's something that is appealing to you, I would encourage you to please send me a message and we can talk about it um, in DMs or email um, and get started because again, why wait to change something if it's not working for you? Real quick before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories, and tag me, at Kaylee Josire, and we'll all do a little happy dance together. I love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget, God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.